Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you for, for joining us once again. We celebrated finishing our last series of Fruit of the Spirit, and we are moving on to the new series of teaching on the attitudes from Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 3 through 10. So let me just read through it, and then we'll we'll dive right in. Uh, And I want to start at the beginning of the chapter, so that we kind of have the understanding of what's going on. Uh, Now, when he saw the crowds, Jesus, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And let me just finish the rest. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So that's the scripture that we'll be working on. Again, we're going to be focused more on verses 3 to 10. Uh, today, today, we're going to focus on verse 3, the first beatitude, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit for there is a kingdom of heaven. And we're going to break break our teaching up into three parts today. We're going to talk about the actual word blessed and blessing. Uh, we're going to look into what and who are the poor in spirit. What does that look like? And we're going to talk about kingdom of heaven. So th- that's kind of our outlook for today. And uh, we're very excited about it because I think it's another challenge for us to dive in into into these topics i honestly have not heard too many teachings about beatitudes uh they're read through sometimes they are misquoted especially this verse um that we're gonna look at it today sometimes uh the preachers and the other thing people just kind of skip the spirit part the blessed are the poor um so uh, really looking forward to diving into this and really finding what's the heart of god why did Jesus start his first big sermon on this topic. Well, to begin with, the you know part of my upbringing was in the Catholic Church, and in the Catholic Church, I think there's a lot more emphasis on the Beatitudes, and the focus is on the the social economic status. And in some ways, the Catholic Church exceeds uh, the Protestant Church in the focus on social justice and on. Um, causes, you know, for poverty and charitable causes, and we could learn uh, because of their emphasis on good works. But in this text, it is a spiritually based text. And so poor in spirit, like you said, is exactly that has to do more with humility rather than socioeconomic status. But first and foremost, the Beatitudes comes from the uh, of Latin word, which means blessing. So it's not an attitude that we should have. These are not dispositions that we should actively take on it's actually stating our our disposition as it is in fact that we are 
we are poor in spirit, meaning that we are lowly in spirit. We we're spiritually depraved apart from God. And we'll get into that. Uh, so these are not attitudes that we should have or be, <laughs> but the word there is blessing. So the first part of our, our study today is to look at the word blessing and to have an understanding of this. This was structured actually as poetry and is, uh, would have stood out to the readers in the original time is it's it's just as awkward as it is in the english it stands apart from the text um, and it sounds weird to the hearer's ears all of these beatitudes all of these blessings are not something totally new that jesus is proclaiming they all have a verse from the old testament they've been proclaimed throughout the law so they are they are qualities attributes of the kingdom of god as they have always been but really what Jesus is doing is he's proclaiming and ushering in uh, his kingdom and taking a kingdom that's upside down and making it right side up mm -hmm. so that those who would have been under a curse, we remember from Genesis in the beginning, God blessed his creation. And because of the fall, everything was under a curse. And whenever God does something new in scripture, whenever he creates a new covenant he, or he establishes his covenant with a new generation, he starts with a blessing. So with Adam and Eve, they were created and then he blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And with Noah, when, when after the flood, he blessed Noah and Noah's family. And then when he calls Abraham, he blesses Abraham and makes a covenant with him and says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. So consistently when God is, is establishing his kingdom and his people, he blesses them um, as a way to usher in that covenant. And, and that's what Jesus is doing here. He is coming out in ministry and he's revealing himself as the promised Messiah. Um, and, and more importantly, we recognize, you know, in hindsight, they wouldn't have necessarily realized it at the time that he, he was the divine. He, he was the image of the father. And so he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So when he's speaking these things, he's speaking them from the position of authority um, that God would have had. And he's not just speaking as a sermon, as just a preacher or just as another human being, but he's speaking um, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, words that have been inspired by the Father himself, by the Creator, by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yeah, ju just speaking of that, and uh, we, we know that at the end of this, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28, uh, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So exactly what you were saying, this is the son of son of the son of God speaking. This is God Messiah. This is the power in his words, just as the power was to create light and to create the, the earth and the people. This is the same power that he speaks to to these people and giving them the blessing. He's speaking as not just stating as a wishful, hopeful thinking. Mm -hmm. He's stating it with an authority that it is fact, let it be so. Yeah. And it is so. And part of the structure of the text is that there is no verb in these phrases. So there's different commentaries that say it, it you know, maybe should read, oh, how happy are the poor in spirit or uh, congratulations to the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. We've read a lot of different ways that this can be taken, but the way it's translated, the awkwardness of the text, uh, because it's not, doesn't have a, a verb, um, kind of gets lost. So Jesus is not just making statements that are, again, are wishful, hopeful thinking. He's stating these things that these are here and now realities. 
his major theme through the gospels is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is, is near. And, and this ushers in um, that kingdom and that promise that it's not, it's not some point off in the future, but it's here and now. And all of these beatitudes, they're, they're coupled, you know, it begins with the kingdom of heaven and it ends with uh, the kingdom of heaven. And we know that we live in this tension between the now and the not yet. So Jesus makes these proclamations as that they are congratulatory almost like congratulations to those who mourn because you're, you're being comforted now. So there's a, there's a reality of these being fulfilled in the here and now, but then there's also the coupling moving forward as these beatitudes actually build on each other, yeah. uh, that there is a fulfillment that the kingdom of heaven is not, we don't see it in all of its glory. We're only getting a foretaste of it now. And that ultimately the kingdom of heaven will be, uh, you know, the new heaven and the new earth, and we'll see it in all of its fulfillment. So there's that tension between the now and the not yet with each of these blessings, as well as the text as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the word blessed. Like we, we always, when we hear blessed, we're like, all right, new job, new car, new phone, um, new money, all these things, bigger houses, bigger opportunities and everything else. But if you look at, and that's, that's the upside down world right that's what we hold on to as blessed right but just like last teaching when we talked about the fruit of the spirit like oh this is such a fruitful ministry because there's lots of people and there's lots of tithing but no it's for fruitful ministry is love joy peace do they have the fruit of the spirit same thing with this what is your focus I mean, when you're you're blessed because of your right focus so you're looking at these things of being poor in spirit and mourning and um, meek and uh, hungry and thirsty and merciful. Like, it's like, that doesn't sound like I'm blessed. They're not the health and wealth of yeah. prosperity sort of imagery that we would think of when we think of blessing. And why like one of the commentaries uh, said that one of the ways that you could read this is the blessed ones are the poor in spirit. The mm -hmm. blessed ones are those who mourn. And so it's because it's it's like a gerund that um, includes. So back in the in the day when you heard that someone was blessed, very similar to now, the people who are blessed are usually you would say, oh wow, they're so blessed because they have a lot of wealth or a lot of fame or they uh, are very gifted in their field. And and that was similar back then that it would have fallen on their ears. In fact, the blessed ones was actually how they would refer to the divine to the to the pagan gods were referred to as blessed ones the rulers and the and those who uh, had dominion in, from the roman empire um, would have been considered the blessed ones because they had near godlike status and so he's he's saying the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god uh, belongs to such as these but it wasn't the picture that they would have expected it wasn't the wealthy it wasn't the famous and the powerful. It was the meek. It was those who were humble. It was, again, not socioeconomic status, um, although pride does play a part mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, it's it's the kingdom mindness and everything else. Like, with, If you look at the starting, let's start off with Luke. Let's look at Mary. The, the angel of the Lord comes to Mary and Highly, highly favored woman, blessed beyond above all women, and all, all the all the things that he says, and it's blessed, favored, 
okay you, you will you will have you will give birth to the to the son of god the messiah okay but out of wedlock out of wedlock girl. you might get stoned you you have like what was she facing right so you'd be like yeah keep your blessing to keep your blessing to yourself it's a it's a, it's that whole thing i, I always love the fiddler on the roof that, that quote when he's like, I know we're your chosen people, but can you choose, some, choose somebody else once in a while? So it's one of those things like blessed. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't sound like a blessing. But when the God speaks, when the angel speaks, when Jesus speaks, there's authority. Yes, you are blessed, but you need to have that kingdom minded mindfulness. Yeah, And very often people refer to that Jesus' kingdom was upside down. And I, I like the fact that when we're discussing this and preparing it, he's actually putting the kingdom right, right side, side up. Mm -hmm. The way we know existence, the reality that we know is the fallen world that's upside down. And this is actually, he's, he's saying, blessed are the humble, blessed are the, those who mourn, blessed are, because that's the kingdom right side up. The kingdom values are not arrogance and prideful, but they're actually lowly and poor in spirit. Yeah. And we're going to have to remind you over and over again in this teaching, there's there's these eight blessings. So the, uh, the word bless is going to come in every time. And we're going to have to remind you that because we don't want you guys to walk away from this teacher and forget what does this blessed mean? Like how much power it is and how much of uh, favor that comes over us when he tells us about being blessed in these ways. Like God is extending his benefit over you. It's like your benefit in this situation is you will be blessed. There's favor upon you. Right. And just to reiterate again, I just don't want it to be lost that when he says blessed are, uh, that it's not some future. He's, he's, it's in the present. It's in the here yeah. and the now, meaning it's already been done. It's already finished. It already is. If someone was working on a degree, or if someone was having a baby, you wouldn't say congratulations on your new child until after the birth, right? Yeah. I mean, you might have a baby shower or something, so that may not be the best example. But usually you congratulate someone for a degree, not when they're working on the degree. It's after the degree is completed. You would say congratulations on your diploma, congratulations on finishing your degree. And so he, he wouldn't say blessed are the poor in spirit like a future thing that you will be blessed down the line. He's saying you are blessed right here and now, and you may not feel blessed. You may not see yourself as blessed, but in the kingdom, from a kingdom perspective, because God is outside of our time and outside of our, you know, past, present and future. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. From his perspective, you are actually richly blessed and highly favored. Yeah. So how do we, how do we get these blessings? So we want to look into that first verses, and we hear, blessed are the poor in spirit. So that word poor in spirit, again, sometimes I've heard preachers, people, especially those in ministering with the homeless and everything else, they just say, blessed are the poor, for they will inherit them. Like, we cannot skip, because Jesus is not talking about our financial standard. Again, it's important to care for those who are in need, justice and mercy. That, that's important. But what Jesus is talking about is kingdom mindness. Jesus is ta not talking about how much money you have and how big is your house or if you have a house. He's talking about poor in spirit. That is a very important 
place to just pause it and realize that we need to understand that this is what he's talking about because we start thinking about worldly things and he's talking about kingdom things and the kingdom is not of this world it's not the things that we can taste touch see and feel and poor in spirit the word for poor is the the picture and the imagery of an absolute like destitute beggar and so poor in spirit is the reality that we would realize we're apart from god we are poor in spirit we don't have to become poor in spirit we don't have to what we do is we have to recognize our poverty we have to recognize we think like revelation talks about you know you think that you have fine clothes and that you are well fed but you are actually destitute naked and poor and we have to come mm. to this realization that we don't have to become but humility is to realize the state of what you are to realize that apart from god you are spiritually dead you are dead in your sin you have no holiness that would come from the holy spirit apart from god you are lost in your sin and you are in need of a savior and that's the picture of poor in spirit so he's saying those of you who are dead in your sin those of you who are spiritually destitute and empty and you realize that you are so mm -hmm. Congratulations, the kingdom of God is yours. It's here, it's now. Your deliverance has come. And so wherever you are, however you're listening to this, maybe you're in a place right now where you feel like you've been abandoned by God and you feel that you have no inspiration. You don't see God, you don't feel God, you're not hearing from God. This is a word for you that, that the Holy Spirit sees your depraved condition. And if you would cry out to God in humility and say, Lord, I'm lost without you. You know, you may have gifts and talents and you think that you know what God has called you to do with your life. You might be on the opposite extreme, uh, but you also would need to step, take a step back and realize that if God was not leading you, if the Holy Spirit was not guiding you, you would be lost and dead in your sin just the same. Yeah, without without him, we can do nothing. That, that's the whole point. I love that this word, this word um, poor in, in the, the original language, uh, it talks about, to to crouch and to cower it's just it's you have this look like just like we we talked last last week about the woman who comes and she she starts washing jesus's feet with her tears and she's wiping them wiping them with her hair and she kisses his feet that's poor in spirit that's when you just are broken and humble before the lord just knowing that without him, we are nothing. All I need is him. All I need is him. All I need is God. All I need is that relationship with Jesus. That's what, that's what this poor means, poor in spirit, is just totally relying on God and God alone. Because all this will fade away. This is not our home. This is not where we, where we belong. It's, it's just having that focus. And Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 18. There's a short story I'm, I'm going to share with you, but he talks about a parable. It says in verse 9, it says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up the to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, and adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all, all I get. And this really sounds like some people that we know and some might reflect it on who we are. 
you know, I, I go to church sometimes twice and I give my 10% and that's it. But here's the other side. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbled himself will be exalted. And this is what Jesus is saying, that we need to come before God in full humility, because there's a lot of things, there's a lots of gifted people who are doing amazing things. But when you compare yourself to the Holy of Holies, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we are nothing we got to come into that situation because if we start thinking that we're something that we're going to start puffing up and we're going to think that the salvation is something that is owned to us because of the things that we do because of the services that we do because of the preaching that we do about all the people that we brought to to god none of that could have been done without the holy spirit none of that could have been done you didn't have a relationship with God. None of them could have been done if the Jesus did not die on the cross and if God did not raise him from the dead. None of that could have been done. So let's not puff up and let's come into that understanding and mindfulness of being poor in spirit, humble, broken before the Lord. Yeah, and this reminds me of the story of the, the rich young man who comes and asks, you know, Jesus, what must I do to get eternal life? Mm -hmm. And Jesus tells him to obey the commandments. There's kind of a test he puts out there, you know, that's, that's what has been laid out that if you want to enter eternal life, obey the commandments. And the young man says, which ones? And Jesus lists them. And, and the young man in his, in his pride and in his arrogance, arrogance or maybe, yeah. maybe he really was, but he said, all these I have kept, what still do I lack? And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. And so while we, you know, are emphasizing that the, the socioeconomic piece is not the main focus, there is a part of it that is tied that when we are wealthy and when we are famous and we have affluence, we tend to forget God and we, we tend to be more distant from God. But when we're, um, I, I heard someone say that no one ever found Jesus the day they won a lotto, but they usually found him the day they lost their job. Yeah. And so there is, there is a reality that, that, our socioeconomic status can play into this. And so he, he goes away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus said, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think it's because we tend to take pride in our socioeconomic status. We tend to take pride. We tend to trust our intelligence. We tend to trust the worldly blessings mm -hmm. and the worldly riches. And then we're far from finding the kingdom of heaven. We're far from finding the kingdom of God because we depend on those things and we trust in, in those uh, attributes rather than seeing that we are poor and destitute. When you're poor and destitute, I guess in real life, you, you realize how poor and destitute you are in the spiritual reality. I think it's, it's more often notable because you, you realize your utter dependence on God for your very next breath, your very next meal, your very next you know, paycheck. And so there's a humility that just comes naturally when you have a humble socioeconomic status. Yeah, I, as you were saying this, all I'm picturing is, is uh, Jesus being tempted in the desert by the devil. And he's like, here, there's rocks, but get some bread out of them. And here, look at all these wonderful things that this world can offer you. Just bow to me. 
and it'll be all yours. The easy and, way. Easy way. And this is where we get caught up. That's actually the chapter four, right before. Yeah. Yeah. This is Jesus is tempted in that way. Yeah. And we just get caught up in this. It's like, well, look, I can just focus on this, what the world has to offer. And we skip what God has to offer for us. And that's why, you know, scripture tells us, uh, James chapter four, verse six says, God opposes the proud. God actually opposes the proud. In other words, the proud Mm -hmm. will be humbled. The proud, Mm -hmm. God sets his face against them. Instead of a blessing, he he opposes them. And it says, but he gives grace to the humble. So that's where we want to be is to realize that we, the reason why he opposes the proud is because the proud think they're something when in fact they are nothing. Mm -hmm. The humble actually realize that they are nothing. The humble realize that compared to the holiness of God, we are nothing but filthy rags. I, I picture, you know, Isaiah when he sees the, you know, the mm-hmm. throne of God mm-hmm. and he says, woe to me yeah. for I am unclean. Yeah. I'm a man of unclean yeah. lips among a people. So this is the same imagery that we, if we compare ourselves and our righteousness, like the Pharisee, when we compare our righteousness to other people around us and we think that we're something when we are nothing, we are far from the kingdom of God. But when we compare ourselves to the holiness and the, the spiritual wealth of the Holy Spirit of who God is and who we could be in Christ, then it puts us in our proper humble position. And that's when we are near to finding God. And to realize that apart from this humility, none of these other blessings can come. None of these other attributes can follow. This is really the foundation. Yeah. He leads with the capstone uh, which is that in order to find God, in order to find the kingdom, you have to look in those lily places, which again, we, we mentioned in the teaching last week is there's that old proverb uh, where someone asks the rabbi, why do people not see the face of God like they used to in ancient times? And he says, they're, they're not willing to look low enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we're, we're so busy looking at the high and mighty that we miss, we miss God in the lowly places. We're too proud to look for God in the lowly places. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what is our reward when we've when we become poor in spirit? What is our reward? With it talks about a kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? Before we get into it, I want I want to just right away just I want to read this parable really quick, and because I think it starts off the conversation. And the kingdom of heaven could be a series on its own because there's a lot to say about that kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, all the teachings, all the arguments, and everything else. But in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus tells a short parable. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. This is what we want you guys to understand. This is something that we need to be reminded over and over and over again, that the only thing that matters is the kingdom of heaven. We might get a taste here and there if you're in the world through the Holy Spirit, through fellowship, during time of prayer and worship and diving into the Word. We get a little hint of what it's like to be connected to God. Once in a while, somebody speaks a word into us. Once in a while, we see a miracle. Once in a while, there's a prophecy being told. Once in a while, we get a little hint of it. And we got to hold on to that. The kingdom of heaven, God is going to be there 
all the time. We look to the left and right. It says in Revelation that there's not going to be a, a source of light because God is going to be the source of light. Wherever you turn, his presence is going to be there. That's the kingdom of heaven. It goes above and beyond. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sickness. That's what we look for. So whatever here that we get in this world, it means nothing compared to the kingdom of heaven. And we need to focus on that. That's why it should push us to come humbly before the Lord. That's what it pushes us to throw all these things aside that we can come before God and that, that um, being poor in spirit, coming in humility and brokenness and doing whatever we can to just come before God, knowing that he the only one that matters because he's the only one who's going to bring us into the kingdom of heaven. Start looking at all these other, stop looking at all these other things. And I think what we need to understand too, is that when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is here. He's talking about the sovereignty of God, the places where God reigns, the yes. places where God's throne has dominion mm -hmm. and rule and power. And so, well, first of all, the first place we need to start is, does he have dominion and reign and power over our hearts, Amen. over us? Yes. Are we part of that kingdom? Yes. But also to realize that every place where we set our foot is now, God has made this kingdom right side up. And so he reigns. He is sovereign over everything. And it's not just the at some point off in the far future or you know, I mean, he could come tonight or tomorrow, his discretion in and, and bring forth all that we see in Revelation, but that it's, we may not see it. We may not taste it, touch it or feel it. But the spiritual reality is that the kingdom is here and now and God reigns and is sovereign right now that the enemy has already been defeated. Mm -hmm. And what is what draws us back to this is, uh, you know, the story in uh, Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends out the 72, it says, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, starts off, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven Amen. and so he's saying don't marvel because when the kingdom is right side up you should have authority the demons according to ranking hmm. should submit and be under the what god created made us in god's image right mm -hmm. and so we shouldn't marvel at that but what we should marvel is the fact that we have been saved uh from from the depths of our depravity that our names are written in the book of life that our names are written in heaven that we get to inherit that that god fixed the kingdom, the fact that he made it right side up and that we should be standing condemned, but instead because of we stand under grace because of what Christ has done. And so he says, don't marvel at the signs and wonders. This was something that was consistently a problem and is consistently a problem in the church even today is that so often we glorify the signs and wonders as the coming of the kingdom, but they're just, they're just a foretaste, like you said, of the fact that one day there will be no more tears, no more crying, no more pain. Well, which would you rather have physical healing or to know that you've been saved from hell and that you have eternal life as security to, to live and reign with Christ? Um, you know, given that choice, I would always hope that in wisdom you would choose the latter. 
And we get so often caught up in signs and wonders. And Jesus says, don't marvel at these things, but marvel at the fact that, that we, the, the kingdom has been made right side up and that your name is written in the book, in the book of life and in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I love um, the next verse brings me so much joy, joy and just being in awe of this. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy, Jesus was full of joy because he was so excited that through the Holy Spirit, his disciples were being used and that his disciples' names are in the, in the written in heaven. So he is full of joy. It's just so wonderful just for me to picture my Savior, my Lord, my Messiah, Jesus is full of joy right now. And I love that he's full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Just when we were teaching the, this past uh, series about being filled with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, which is one of it is joy, he has the same Spirit, the same Spirit that spoke this into existence. Now that same Spirit is filling Jesus with joy, same Spirit that fills us with joy. Right now I'm feeling joy from the Holy Spirit because I'm just so excited about this. And he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and on earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. It was his pleasure to not expose these amazing things of, of a kingdom of heaven to all these wise and amazing people who think that they're something. But he was just a batch of ragtag fishermen and yeah. tax collectors and these uneducated yep. and, and it's the inbreaking of the kingdom of God that heaven, the kingdom of heaven is invading earth, that the kingdom of heaven has brought the throne and the reign and the sovereignty of God into our realm. And now sits at, you know, the earth is the footstool, right? Mm -hmm. Of the throne of God. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is just excited about that because these signs and wonders are affirmation of the fact that the kingdom he hasn't even gone to the cross yet, and the kingdom is already starting to flip on its head. Yeah. And that just brings him this immeasurable joy because the the disciples were these humble, these poor in spirit. They were not the the wise and the learned and the scholarly, and they didn't necessarily know, you know, well, they, they probably knew the Hebrew <laughs> yeah. and they probably knew Greek. Okay, so maybe they were one leg less than that. <laughs> but they didn't have the scriptures. <laughs> But they didn't have the New Testament yet. No, yeah, they, they hadn't been written yet. And like you were saying, they they didn't know all that we know. I mean, how much richer is the tradition that we have? We have the tradition and the testimony of the martyrs and the saints, and a legacy of two thousand years of Christians who have seen signs and wonders and miracles, and and those who have suffered on behalf of the cross in order to testify of its truth, and the legacy that we have because we do have this privilege that we can just open up numerous translations of the Bible and conveniently read these, these stories, this legacy of faith that people bled and died for yeah. because they were lowly in spirit, because they were humble. They didn't see themselves just like Christ, who, though he was equal with God, right? He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself mm -hmm. in the form of a servant. And saints and martyrs for, you know, the apostles' legacy for generations that allows us to have the gospel that we have today because they likewise did not consider themselves 
high and mighty, but they saw themselves and, and took on the form, the nature of a servant, of the poor in spirit, of the lowly. And, and because of that, the kingdom of God continues to break in to this earthly realm. Yeah, so seek that. Seek the humility. Seek the brokenness before God. We're not saying walking around with sackcloth and ashes on your head. That's not what we're saying, but come before the Lord. We, we said it. His, his, his throne is a throne of mercy, but it's still a throne. You come knowing that there's authority. And there's going to be time will come where we're all going to face him. And is that going to be a time of rejection? Or is this going to be a time of celebration? Better to humble yourselves now mm -hmm. and allow him to raise you up than to be high and mighty now and to take pride in your own, you know, activities, your own, even if it's religious activity, to put that to the side and, and realize that if not for the grace of God, if not for the grace of God, the mess that we are. Yeah, exactly. So th that's, that's kind of what was on our hearts. We really wanted to share that. Uh, we're going to keep on talking about what blessed us. Poor in spirit, come before the Lord like the little children, just like it's, it says here in Luke 10. Come before the Lord like little children, and you're, will, you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. I pray that, that this, this message was a blessing, was a, maybe a wake-up call, maybe a time where you, you need to reflect on, on what you're doing, why you're doing it. Let's put... What is your focus? If you are a Christian, if you are part of a ministry, then why are you part of this ministry? Is it just for you to puff up under the name of building the kingdom of God? Or are you just building a kingdom for yourself? Find that spirit. Find that, that place of being poor in spirit. So that way your reward will be the kingdom of heaven. And it's a completely countercultural message, isn't it? Because... In especially not only back in, in when Jesus was walking this earth, but even now with social media and Instagram, it, we have such a push, right, for everyone to make their own brand and to build their following and to, you know, it's, it's the opposite. It's a very arrogant, a very prideful culture and pride comes before the fall. So it, it's better for us to take a step back, like you said, and ask ourselves, why are we doing these things and where do we really stand? To humble ourselves and not compare ourselves to other Christians. Maybe they're doing something right. Maybe they're doing something wrong. Maybe you're doing something better than them. Maybe you're far from the Lord right now. But to take an honest assessment of yourself, not compared to other people, Christian or non-Christian, but to stand before the Lord and allow him to see you in your state as you really are and to be humbled before him. And as you are, the kingdom of God will draw near. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things that you worry about will be added to you in due time. But we have to put our priority on the main thing. We have to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, those who are in Chicago area, we always welcome you at our, our services on Sunday nights, 3350 North Harlem Avenue in Chicago, um, starting at 6 o'clock. We'd love to see you. Um, but if... If you're not around, find another place where people can encourage you, keep you accountable, love on you, and uh, that way you can get that little glimpse of 
kingdom of heaven here. Yeah, we're not meant to do this journey alone. So even though we love that you listen, and for those of you who are new, we welcome you to follow us and listen to these teachings. We hope that they challenge you and help you to grow in your discipleship. You know, our challenge is that we don't want to grow huge as a ministry where we're two miles wide, but only six inches deep. We'd rather go deep in our faith. We also want to challenge those who are listening to find a local congregation, yes. find a local community, get connected to other believers, because as great as a podcast may be in challenging your individual walk, you're not meant to do this journey alone. We're all just walking each other home. Amen. But even though you're far away, know that you're loved. And covered in prayer. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.